right, here we go. This is episode number 39 of TGE, the podcast. Welcome. How are you? How was your week? I'm here with my friend Tyler, and today we're going to be talking about Veep, the HBO comedy. Tyler, how are you? Good. We should point out that Veep had its series finale last night, so we're recording this on Monday morning. Really? Yeah. Before I we air. I haven't caught up. I'm being I'm, overtaken by an animal. I'm still like on episode four, so didn't even know. Very cool. <laughs> oh, of the last season. Yeah, of the last season. Of the last season. Yeah. So, cool. And also, we want to thank everyone for listening to the show. We appreciate you spreading the word about the show. We appreciate the community constantly building. And I believe we're starting to see that reflected in the online course, Sven. Sorry, what? I wasn't listening. Online course? Did you talk about the online course? <laughs> um, yeah, today today is the last last day, so I'm completely um, excited about how it went and can't wait for it to be over so I can have a normal life again. It was quite exciting. A lot of, lot of emails in the last few weeks. Um, you mean you can't wait for the setting it up to start to be over for the enrollment to be over so that i can focus on the students cool well awesome i look forward to seeing how it goes maybe i'll sign up just kidding um (laughs) anyways about veep is obviously on hbo so we also wanted to talk about the game of thrones cup controversy which is apparently something sven is unaware of I am. You mentioned something about a Starbucks cup. <laughs> well, it, so this came up a week ago, and there's a reason that we're talking about this on this podcast, not just to merely fail at being connected to popular culture, as we tend to do, but I think it's very interesting in terms of editing. Sven had no knowledge of this because it was kind of a big, a big Game of Thrones controversy around this time last Monday. It was revealed that in the episode... Oh. I saw a picture. Following the one we did the podcast of, The Long Night, as the episode's called, <laughs> which is what Sven called our episode instead of the Battle of Winterfell, as it's popularly known, hmm. there's a cup in front of the character Daenerys, the dragon, the mother of dragons. Just for, apparently, apparently, I found out it was just even a couple frames. For just a moment, there was this Starbucks cup in front of her. And, of course, you have millions of people watching the show. Someone's going to notice it. And it became a huge meme. It looked like a Starbucks cup. It was pretty clear that it wasn't. It was like a, a crafty cup. So Starbucks got a bunch of free publicity out of it. And then, Sven, yeah, HBO went and scrubbed it from every episode. Of course. So they removed it from the digital. They removed it from recurring. So if someone has TiVo or something like that, it's on there. But otherwise, it's now gone. And I just wanted to get your thoughts on the concept of removing errors like that. And why would we not notice this in the first place? Well, for me as an editor, I, the, it's, it's shocking how many things I don't see when I'm cutting. And then afterwards, mm-hmm. when I see the movie and somebody starts pointing it out to me, it's like, like duh. It's there. Our brain just tuned that out because you're focused on something else. And it's kind of like what the audience does as well. They're focused on something else. It's motion. It's emotion. It's eyes. That kind of stuff. But you will have a certain percentage of the audience always notice this stuff frame by frame. Or they're just wired a little bit different in the sense where it it immediately bumps them. Um, It's a skill that unfortunately I don't possess. 
So I, I tend to really not notice this, even if I watch it for like 50 times or then after 50 times, then suddenly I, I catch on to it. But it is surprising that in that episode that probably hundreds of people must have seen before it went out that nobody caught it. So that tells mm -hmm. you something about how important that is. Well, it also tells you something about the focal point and where the attention is on yeah. a show. You know, I don't, I don't know if it is as important, and I'm less and less a fan of things kind of being scrubbed out of stuff. Yeah. If that makes any sense. Because I think the errors are a lot of what's fun and what kind of keeps movies human and interesting. And it's great when you look at the movies of the 70s. <laughs> you know, Love Story isn't my, my favorite movie, but there's a whole, like, <laughs> 10 seconds of that movie that's just completely out of focus. Because the tracking shot just didn't, it just it's just out of focus, like at the at the hockey stadium, and stuff like that. I think I think those flaws like keep movies human, and and obviously I understand HBO had to do something about it, but I and also I there could be a whole conspiracy whether it was put in there on purpose or not <laughs> to drum up more interest, which obviously it did. It's being addressed on all the talk shows, like all the you know just way more ability to bring attention to the show. So who knows. But I do think there's something fun about leaving that stuff in there that isn't going to, you know, I don't know, ruin the movie. It's kind of like the part of it taking on a life of its own. Yeah. I and mean, my favorite example is... Oh, I was going to say, I, I, I would love to be able to fix some things in previous movies that I've cut. If I had the... Or YouTube videos, for that matter. If I find a typo after the fact, it's, it's so annoying. It will always annoy me when I watch it back. So if, if I had that ability... I would love to mm -hmm. to just make these kind of things go away. Sure, even Spielberg's reflection in Jaws, I think it's it's fun. I think I'm a I'm a proponent of the of the accidental flaw that yeah. makes it through. But I also cuz movies are artificial and I think more and more people are forgetting that, which is weird. It's like no, no, we want the like we want the truth even with biopics and stuff. It's like okay, well you're not seeing the truth like none of that none you know and you think about it on like a grander scale like oh did they really go to mcdonald's that day and it's like never mind that like what about the conversation like that didn't none of nothing of what you're watching happened that way so you're you there there is an artifice to filmmaking that is about enhancing the drama the the emotional experience of it that i think people can tend to forget i know that's that's a broad conclusion to bring the starbucks the quote starbucks cup unquote to for this show but yeah. i think it's interesting and more importantly for us the idea of how because people are just blown away how someone could miss that yeah but i think that's like you were saying that's what the filmmaking process is it's very unlikely that someone and who knows you're saying maybe some people pick things up differently absorb the image differently it could have been someone walking into a room at a certain point could have been you know a boyfriend watching it with his girlfriend it's not really into the show yeah whatever someone looking up from twitter seeing it you know but if you're experiencing it as you are in the post and the creation of it that focal point is so important and it's amazing the stuff that gets overlooked and the stuff that i love to be able to hide by just knowing look the audience is looking here when we cut they're never going to notice this huge continuity gap and that means that my editing is working yep, yep as we'll see in veep today for sure yeah and also you know james cameron's aliens where there's that huge special effects shot when 
Ripley goes flying out of the space station and the robot who's been cut in half grabs her to save her to save her mm-hmm. leans forward to do it you see like you see the effect you see him in like his jeans and like his flannel and he watched it hundreds of times and never noticed that and then finally did years and years and years later the focal point's just on whether he catches her or not and then left it in and that's James Cameron yep he can go makes- see that flaw in the filmmaking because he's like look we screwed up and I'm, I'm leaving it yep that makes total sense <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Harriet just walked into my office, so I had to like signal her. Don't talk. We're on a podcast, <laughs> and now I could have just let it go character. instead of pointing it out. I'm not going to edit that either. Just in tune, actually, in, in the spirit of this episode, except for that weird gap at the beginning where the cat was ca- crawling across me. This will be an unedited episode. We will embrace the flaws in honor of the cup. Nice, cool. So, did you have easier. another story about? That Avengers movie, or we want to save that? Um, we could do it real quick. Without giving any spoilers, we always like to do shout-outs to the editor, the power of the editor, even though we've been getting worse and worse at <laughs> naming the editors of the clips that we look at and dissect. So Avengers Endgame has a very important editor contribution. God, it's it's really hard to do this without spoiling the movie. But I'm not going to spoil the movie. I'm just going to say that there is an iconic line that is said by a character towards the end of the film. And if you've seen the movie, you know what this iconic line is. It's incredibly obvious. It was a line that kind of changed the direction of superhero characters as they were in the first place when the actor improvised it in an earlier film it's repeated in uh the final film of the whatever the marvel uh, cinematic universe phase three whatever it is and it was suggested by the editor they knew that this character needed to have an iconic line and they couldn't figure it out mm-hmm. and then it, the Rousseau brothers just they tried so many different things and it wasn't until they were in the editing that the editor just said oh what if they say blank and they're like get the cameras so it's this huge iconic moment in the movie mm-hmm. that was only filmed a couple months ago thanks to the editor's suggestion so I see. The creativity keeps on happening nice so it wasn't the off camera remark they had to do a pickup for that um, you couldn't cheat it in what do you mean? Like it's a line that he came up with and instead of usually what you would do is you do an ADR line. Oh, right, right. They had to get cameras and go film the actor doing it. Yeah, exactly. That's nice. That's awesome. That shows you sometimes like that, that's got to feel good as an editor. If you have an idea where they're like, yes, let's pick up the camera and let's spend another day on this. Pay everybody to, to get that, to make that film, make that even better. That's, that's awesome. Yeah, and and then it's just crazy also how quick they can pull that stuff off. And, and you know, just how you never know with movies. Like, it's always being sculpted. And, and that moment seems like literally everything in, in in 22 films is leading to it. So it's interesting that it, just a few months ago they had cameras in Santa Monica, <laughs> you know, very close to where the actor did their first screen test for the for the role. Yeah. Um re-recording that now or re-performing it and then the editor of course was jeffrey ford who's done a bunch of the captain who's done a bunch of uh marvel films the captain america civil war avengers captain america winter soldier iron man 3 the first avengers first captain america and really got his huge break when he got uh crazy heart with jeff bridges 
Yeah. And, you know, did several films before that. One Hour Photo with Robin Williams. But that was the movie that really opened up the world to them and then got into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Nice. I hope he enjoys it. Yeah. <laughs> Who we got to see at an Ace event, or I did at least, and he's a played a really cool clip from The Right Stuff that was inspirational to him. Yeah. Very cool, man. Should we talk about Veep? What's Veep, Sven? That's Veep. Veep is an American political satire comedy television series that aired on HBO from April 22nd. You want to guess the year? Well, I mean, I was alive. Uh, was it 2012? Yes. 2012 to okay. May 12, 2019, <laughs> consisting of 65 episodes over seven seasons. The series was created nice. by Scottish writer Armando Iannucci as an ad- adaptation. Yes, and if I could just do yeah. a, a little branch off real quick on him, is he, of course, created a couple great British shows, In the Thick of It and In the Loop. Yes. And one of them kind of moved over to America, and they were amazing political satires. They very much had this style of Veep that feels so fresh and unique and the understated dry wit of it. Uh, and he only did the first two or three seasons of Veep before moving on. Mm-hmm. Interesting. What, Sorry, did, what is he doing next? So then he did the film The Death of Stalin, which is like in, insane in and of itself. Uh, is Jeffrey Tambor, Steve Buscemi. It's a great, crazy movie if you get a chance to see it. Same kind of vein politically, but it's just exploring the assassination of Stalin um, with American actors playing the Russian characters mm-hmm. with the American accents. And then you also get to, and he has a new space show that's coming out, but it was kind of that, that very British thing where after the second or third season, yeah. you know, they, they finish their shows and move on and usually are the sole writers of the entire shows. And usually that does not bode well for a show when the, when it's such a distinct voice. Right. But in this case, we got Dave Mandel to come in. We, and Dave Mandel, of course, you know, early in his career worked on Seinfeld, went on to work on Curb Your Enthusiasm, the league has this incredible track record and pedigree so yeah one of the best of the best working today in terms of comedy showrunners so came in and just really kept the spirit of it alive which we're going to get to see in this one because we're watching one from this most recent season yeah and it felt like the show kind of really found its strides in the like later season i mean it was great from the get-go but it it feels like they really perfected that that's what we're going to talk about, the dialogue and the characters and each one like playing this part in this ensemble piece um, where mm-hmm. just they're just playing off each other. Anyway, I'm going to just keep going. Veep is set in the office of Selina Meyer, played by Julia Louis-Dreyfus, a fictional vice president <laughs> and later president of the United States. The series follows Meyer and her team as they attempt to make their mark and leave a legacy without getting tripped up in the day-to-day political games that define the American government. Veep received critical acclaim, won several major awards, was nominated six years in a row for Primetime Emmy and won for the fourth, fifth, and sixth season. Um... Lots of other awards. Julia Louis Dreyfus has won six consecutive primetime Emmy awards. There you go. Um, it couldn't be more deserving. Yeah, so it, it's really great. The show and how they've kept it alive. That's interesting that people say it, it caught its stride in the later ones because it's. That's me saying it. I mean, it. so distinctly. I could be that's wrong. That's you saying it? Yeah, that's. Oh. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, I I mean I think it's interesting that it never to me it never ever felt like it lost its wind or slowed down or lost it. and I was con- very concerned that it would and was very impressed at how and I promise you it's a little different than the earlier seasons just because of the nature of the auspices being different but I think the characters are so well established and the actors are so strong and I believe bring so much to it in improvisation and stuff like that just in the rehearsal process of kind of finding the show that you have all that that you're just you're just keeping alive as as you move forwards and they're the actors are so gracious and in never really going you know their moment has to be given to them they're not really fighting for it and trying to grandstand they're just downplaying things and off playing it so much it's so interesting because all the roles feel so small but they're also some of the funniest best moments on tv yeah the writing is just uh incredible like that's i've just watching this one particular scene what that we're gonna watch today it's like i don't know how they can write a script like this in right the short amount of time that they probably have to pull this off and it's so well yeah and then also i mean the i think the improvisation is a part of it and as we'll talk about writing with editing is an even bigger part of it oh yeah for sure i found a moment where i can definitely pinpoint that the editing is creating this that this was not written that way and just yeah and to set this scene up this is a little bit Slightly unorthodox for Veep. It's it's a, a scene that's a couple minutes. It's at the very beginning of the seventh season. There's no the most recent season. There's no real spoilers. It's just kind of setting the season up. And you never know with these characters. So and so and so and so and so and so are working together now. Doesn't mean you know a lot of crazy stuff happens on this show. So it's kind of spoiler proof. I feel like nice. to go through this scene with us if you're not caught up on Veep. But also the series is over, so get caught up. Um, and the other thing is. It's very rare, I feel like, with this show, and I could be wrong, that scenes last a couple minutes without taking major changes of direction, changes of course, or if it's like a big moment with, with Selena or someone going through something. I'm amazed at the show how compact they have. Like, oftentimes I'll jump back to rewatch something. So it's like, what just happened? Yeah. And it's like 30 seconds. A whole, an entire scene will be that it's so much funny stuff is packed in. It's really, it feels almost unorthodox in the, in the amount is. they can cram into these episodes. The, the speed is incredible. I mean, it reminds me of Gilmore Girls, but it's even faster. I feel like it's like the editing and it's almost reminiscent of hyper narration. What you see on YouTube when you have somebody like mm-hmm. Liza Koshy make a video, how fast she just jumps from joke to joke and it's jump cuts. Here it's no jump cuts, but it has that same feel, that rapid fire. Like there is no breath in the show. It just keeps on trucking. Right. And a lot of that's the style of the original creators, you know, in the loop, in the thick of it have that. But this is almost on, you know, then he came into American politics for this one. And it's almost like it's on meth because, again, everything needs to be character driven. And that style totally comes from the characters, which is the funniest part. And then the finale, I don't want to give anything away, but like one of the great ironies of this whole show is that in the finale, they have a character that moves slowly. (laughs) And it's, it's just like... There's a lot. The finale is like a whole thing we could just discuss for for weeks in terms of the symbolism and meaning <laughs> hidden in it. But it's it's pretty amazing. Nice. So what we usually do on the podcast is we look at a scene, and that's what we're going to do today. There will be a link in the description of the podcast, so you can click and you can watch along. We're going to watch it one time through. We're going to try and describe what's happening, and then we'll go back. This is one of those episodes where it makes sense to let the dialogue flow a little, so you get a sense of the comedy. 
and um yeah and then we'll take another look at it if you can't see it doesn't matter it's a podcast there's a reason why we're doing it as an audio book basically it's because um it's descriptive and we're just having fun all right tyler and lucky us i was saying lucky us this being the beginning of the season we need to set up nothing because they're doing all that for you it's the first season episode of the season perfect tyler do you want to describe what's happening in round one (laughs) i'll do my best nice we're gonna let them talk a lot like we did with office space yeah yeah for sure just like just like little pointers where we are it's basically two main locations we're inside a jet where selena myers is with her staff most of her staff and they're flying towards this airport in iowa and two staff members amy and what is it dan they're waiting there they're preparing this big announcement people there's a crowd there things are um, gated off stuff like that so we're cutting back and forth between these two locations inside the jet and i don't think we've ever put more Oh, sorry, and on this show, I don't think we've ever, ever put more into finding the right scene to look at. And Kurt Music helped yeah. a lot with this. So <laughs> we found one with the, all the characters that gives a good sense of the show. I mean, almost all the characters, as much as we could get. Nice. All right. And three, two, one. Incredible. Mm. New Selena. Wow. Oh, it's perfect. I don't really get it, actually. Uh, Man, we're so far ahead in the polls, and you're not even running yet. Sheila couldn't agree more. Hey, Kent's dating again. Sheila is my predictive computer model for election results. Strategic, hypermetric, electoral, interactive, logistical algorithm. I don't want nuts. (laughs) You know, I like her more than I like the deaf girl. Whatever happened to her? That's up cutting back and forth between different conversations. I still need my speech. (laughs) It's pretty, ma'am. Amy, are you there? We're all ready for you, ma'am. Hey, sweatpants. You can't just walk out. This isn't a Terrence Malick movie. Sit. All right, quiet, everyone. Mommy's leaving. Okay. There's a reaction shot we need to talk about. Told them to expect a surprise announcement without telling them that you surprise announcement. Maybe after the announcement, we can finally sit down. We're setting up a major arc for the season. Plenty, Amy. No, not you, ma'am. Hey, I was talking about the... Jesus, I think you said the thing at the 7-Eleven dumpster in the sky already. It's just, we've been so busy with the campaign. <laughs> and I, I don't want to. Waiting for the thing to get to fucking to college? What are you doing? Okay, Leon. Yeah. I'm still, I'm not sure about this part where I say I want to be president for all Americans. I mean, do I? You know, mm-hmm. all of them. How about real Americans? Oh, yeah, that's good. And okay. then we can figure out what I mean later. Yeah. Ma'am, I don't have a copy of the right. speech. Okay, I don't know what she's saying. So, here. Ma'am, the, the, the voters need to know clearly and definitively why you want to be president. In your own words. If you want me to use my own goddamn words, then write me something to say, okay? Yes, ma'am. Oh, and take out the stuff about immigration, because I feel like it's a little too issue Okay. Oh man, there's so many like here. inside jokes. So she's arriving at the airport. Yeah. She's stepping out of the plane. I'm cinema. <laughs> there's nobody there. Where is everyone? <laughs> Maybe they're hiding. Where? Amy, where are you? At the airport. Where are you? <laughs> I mean, there's only one fucking runway. I'm at the airport. We just landed. That's not possible. Right now, I'm standing here kinda... with my dick in my hand in Cedar Falls, Iowa. Ma'am, we're in Cedar Rapids. No! This is supposed to be new, Selena! Now! <laughs> um, and then just Gary having all these ways to just sneak in. Like, if there's ever a dull moment, there's just it's just amazing. Like, you have so many characters that you can just sneak in with a joke. And some of it with ADR. Like, 
whatever. But yeah, I mean, yeah, again, like you're saying, so much strong writing there. And then, yeah, the dick jokes are obviously a big theme because, uh, you know, the idea of gender and politics and yeah, yeah. the role she's trying to take on. Cool. Well, nice job, so, Tyler. Um. <laughs> I mean, I just gave up and started. Well, we have this new audio setup where I was just amazed I could hear the clip so well, so I was just absorbing it. <laughs> no, it's but good. it's fun to listen to. For sure. It's, and I almost feel like listening to a clip like that in a podcast is, is good because in, in this show, there's so much going on visually. I think just listening to the writing is, is really cool, too. Yeah, yeah. I agree. So... Um, <laughs> There's a, there's a couple of things I want to talk about, but maybe you want to go ahead. You want to do your thing. You picked this, you picked this episode today. I picked, I picked the show, and then I gave yeah. you some options. I, I, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm curious what you have to say about it. I think all right. that all my points are kind of general for the show, period, but it sounds like you have some, some strong thoughts. Yeah, I have some strong specifics. thoughts in general. First of all, the way that the dialogue, the jokes are cut is not traditional usually you have your setup you have your payoff you have your tag and then you have your beat for the laugh right and mm-hmm. they roll the beat for the laugh right into the next setup so somebody will say something and you get the joke and you're like i got the joke they're already setting up the next joke and that actually magnifies the humor in there i feel like um so by watching any scene on veep you can see that like they land the joke and they immediately move on and you have that urge to laugh, but it's almost like stuck in your throat because there's no time to to do it. And it, it's a fun right. way of watching the show. It totally mm-hmm. works. I was amazed in this last season how many times I actually laughed out loud, which I don't feel like I usually do watching TV. Yeah. But there were a lot of just shock. And it's it's almost like laughs of shock. Like it's just, it's just yeah. wild where they go with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then the other thing that I noticed is the extensive coverage that they use on the airport between Amy and Dan when they have this conversation talking about like she wants to have this conversation afterwards about the it's abortion, right? That they're talking about where. Yeah, am, am it was set up anything? last season. Yeah. Um, uh, and this was, this could have been <laughs> in 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 a normal world just like just medium shots back and forth and it would have played fine but the way they're playing it is like the cameras all over the place like they're white shots they're shots like they're jumping mm-hmm. the line every once in a while at um, 39 um yeah i mean throughout let me point let, 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 right 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 30 sorry yeah i guess that's where they start like at 39 Right, right, sorry. So they're jumping the line, yeah. like 53-ish. Yeah. So they're, they're shooting like the hell out of this scene because it creates this feeling of like this This is this event that's happening. And they're having this intimate uh-huh. conversation, but they're like in the middle of the battlefield. And mm-hmm. it's very, very useful to cover the scene that way. I think there's intention by it. Like if you look at the shot at 45 seconds... There is like we mm-hmm. Dan was for the most part in a medium close up, but she tends to be more in a wider shot so that we actually see what's happening in the background. Like you see security, there's right. a secret service guy there, there's flags, there are trucks, there's a red carpet and um fenced off stuff and you have people standing by and they're they're all waiting 
and they're kind of in their own world discussing um, other matters to the point where she's like talking about abortion while she's still on the on the phone with her boss and and Selena like misunderstands she's she thinks she's uh, talking to Amy and right. I, th I thought that was a really interesting way of covering the scene very smart choice by the director and then the editor to to cover the scene that way yeah it's a very specific style and I think that another thing you're pointing out that's neat with this show is that uh, idea of controlled chaos that's so all over the map and how we're breaking like you're saying it's breaking the line it's doing all these things but that's kind of enhancing it that sense of confusion where are we very subtly in the audience but then how the moments that are chosen for the medium close-ups and stuff we're really getting hammered for information like even if you look at it from a joke perspective like going to dan for the medium close-up at 41 That's where he's dropping. I told him to expect a surprise announcement without telling him it's a surprise announcement. That's such important information that's like setting up the whole scene. And it's really like, we just know, boom, let's, let's go to him and be on him for that. And then we can kind of have the chaos for the rest. And it's just cool how they have. It's amazing how you can kind of just break reality in a sense. And just even with between Kent and, um, oh, I forget the guy's name. Uh, Um, where they're talking about Kent's girlfriend who was hearing impaired. And, oh, yeah, I see. You know, he just <laughs> jumped the character in. is called Ben Gafferty. It's Kevin Dunn. Right, Ben. Kent and Ben. That's right, yeah. yeah. And how you can just jump between those characters and have this, like, aside, and yet the chaos of the real threat of the scene of getting her speech written is going on in the background. It's it's just so much fun. And then just so many reactions that we can go to. And I don't think there's, like, a, partic a particularly great one in this, but sometimes... Ben will get the biggest laughs from me just just from his reactions <laughs> to these things. Even even in like a wide, wide, wide shot, just his like, ooh, reactions. <laughs> and I feel like one happens on the plane a little after this uh, are really, uh, or in the meeting following this are, are really great. Yeah, I want to point out a specific cut at 1.05, if you just freeze it there for a second. Um, mm, yeah, this one. Yeah, they're looking over the poster, and you see, what is the guy's name? Is it Gary? Is the character Gary Walsh? Right, yeah, yeah, Tony. Tony. In the white shot, he's like smiling, and he's praising this this poster, how great it is. Like, new Selena now. At 105? At 0.5. Five seconds. Oh, 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 right, right, gotcha. Um, okay. So, if you freeze it right there, you see him smiling. He's like all praising this Uh, poster new selena now let's just think about the slogan how ridiculous that is right <laughs> it says right, yeah. nothing um <laughs> and then they're cutting if you've hit play and then they're cutting to this uh two shot of them where he's like what does that even mean i don't really get <laughs> it <actually. laughs> and if you if you go back and forth between those two shots it's completely different movement different moment Like yeah, he's yeah, yeah. smiling, he's all happy, and then we go straight to him being all confused. His body posture is completely different. He's like hunched over, like leaning over to her. Like he he turned completely his body, right? By almost 180. And if you just play yeah. it through, it makes so much sense. It's like what's hitting this joke. Um, there is no right. like waiting for readjustment for the actors to change. His hands are not folded over in the shot as it is in the white shot. This is the kind of stuff where, as an editor, once you have the experience, you just disregard all that business. You just go with the flow. What flows 
best in terms of the performance, the energy that you're throwing with the edit and uh, the jokes. Yeah, and escalating it even to a more extreme level is if you look at 11 seconds, we have like a, if we're at, we're at nine seconds, there's a little bit of a medium close-up interaction. And then we go to this wide shot, Gary's running up with some bars and stuff. And we literally have two conversations happening at the same time. We have Ben and Kent having a conversation. We have a thing going on with Selena where we hear her talking and then... (laughs) We punch in on her. It's just amazing, you know, pulling stuff off like that. I can't even imagine what it looks like on the page. Yeah, yeah. Right? Because it's like two things, and then we know when to jump in on the one to get the no, no, no joke, and then back to these two interacting. It's just, it just feels like such, it just feels like a documentary, but then you have to remember, which gives them a little freedom in the stuff you're talking about, too, of with documentaries, you can break continuity and get away with it a little more, and I think it enhances this to have that that broken continuity and it being all over the map but i just i just yeah i just don't know how you i don't know just weave this stuff together and make it work it's it's very incredible yeah it's probably there's a lot of exploration happening also in the editing as for example and this is the big one i want to point out so amy and dan are having this conversation about um when they're gonna find time to abort the baby and which is an insane place to go with this show, but yeah. yeah. Um and so they're Wait, on this the phone is... and Selena is listening in and then she's saying what well we have plenty of time to talk about things, misunderstanding this. And then when you when we cut back to her, she's actually this is at one oh seven. She should have still be on the phone, but she's not. She is like in a completely different moment in the scene where she's like looking over her speech, right? right. So you would have assumed, okay, she right. just put the phone away at that point. Then we're going to play mm-hmm. the whole thing with the, I guess it's the real Americans. Right. And then we're the cutting back yeah. to 120. Amy is still on the phone and she's saying something that's really reasonable, which is like, I don't have a copy of your speech, ma'am. And... <laughs> and then Selena is back on the phone and she's she's like saying I don't know what she's saying and she's just handing the phone off to Gary um, which is another right. joke I bet you money that that moment of Selena was actually in response to the abortion part um, and they just chose to use it here because it just played better played funnier right because amy says something really reasonable can you give me a copy of the speech the response should not be i don't know what she's saying um but they make it work by the way that uh, it's cut i think that's uh, that's definitely an example of where i feel like the editing made that rewrite happen yeah and they had this fun precedent that, that, that they've set up of like things being on speakerphone like someone's always having to listen in so we're kind of at a point where we just get the idea that amy can hear what's going on <laughs> no matter where the phone is which yeah. is cool but i think that's a great example of reappropriating the footage and one thing that's weird to me if you look at 32 where they make the terrence malick joke which yeah. i also like too there's some pretty like complex like referential humor in this that's very very you know it's like i could see a lot of people like not get like i always luckily get them i think maybe there's stuff i'm totally missing um maybe i'm just the right age for the show or something like that but i just you know stuff like that's great 
That's a, such like, a who besides listeners to this podcast? Yeah, right? this is this is not a Terrence Malick movie. There's no walking out. Right, like, <laughs> yeah, it's like an intellectual thing. You know, there's just so many layers to it now. But then the weird thing is at 32, so we're playing it, and then at 35, we cut to the guy who gets a hilarious joke made at his expense later about you know quit looking at me like a teenage runaway you're strangling to death uh-huh. um <laughs> it's just perfect for this character i don't know, know anything else about this guy except he maybe took mike's whoops never mind all right no spoilers so but I did, I, that cut here, felt like a little i, I just want to point out cut, one thing yeah. at 38 so he says something mm-hmm. like okay everybody be quiet mama has to read look at the reaction shot of gary walsh and Right. That's the only time in the show where we actually hold for like a fraction of a second and give us some breath because he's like pissed yeah. off. It's brilliant. Well, he's, yeah. Yeah, and he, he does, there's so much work like that in this of just stuff in the background where I've always felt like, wow, Tony Hale, man, what a, what like a tiny, but that's just the character. I yeah. feel like he just got such a shitty role, but it's but, it's actually a great role. Yeah, but the editors are so in tune with it that even though they caught mm-hmm. this or this was planned, they don't dwell on it. It's like if you miss it, you miss it. Doesn't matter. We're moving on. They're not making. They're not putting a flag on this. They just hold for that little moment where you like got it. So Gary is pissed off that he's like aging Selena, the other guy, or whatever the reason is. He's very protective <laughs> of uh, right. Selena, and it's 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 a real nice touch. And I feel like there are really a lot of moments where they land the joke and they don't dwell. They're not like, "Hey, look, we just made a joke. Let's all enjoy this." We're like, "Damn, right. you caught it or you didn't? We don't care. We're moving on." Yeah, and then the the other thing that adds to it is that you know, as the as the show went on, like all these these archetypical characters like Selena and the assistant and stuff, they've gone so deep into the backgrounds of these characters that now in this season we're kind of back to form with them kind of fulfilling their job roles, but you just have all that so much more background on what their relationship is that it just if you're a fan, it just adds that much more to this little business that's going on in the background. But did that cut feel weird to you at 34? I thought there was something wrong with the YouTube clip or something. 34 to 35 to me felt very okay. like jumpy. Let's take a look. 34. Um, so you're cutting from the airport to the jet or the one prior? Yeah, from the airport. From the, the airport, yeah. No, it's fine. Okay, good. I was worried. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's totally cool. Um, like, yeah. but it's also like begs the question: like, why, why just for a few? And it's almost like we're cutting in the middle of that lady's movement as she's turning back around. Like, I don't know. Maybe they had to do that to show she turned around or something. Yeah. To me, it just seemed like why? Why is this here? Why not just cut straight from Amy? But yeah. Um, and because of the movement's different. But anyways. My, Anything else we want to yeah. throw on this fire? I do, uh, sort of as a summary. I, I love the style of the show. I think it's real fun to watch. And it's like, you don't really have to work that hard. You can just go for a ride. My criticism would mm-hmm. be, it's, and that's why I'm like not really that motivated to keep up with the show now, is because everything it's is over. Hap- I understand, but I'm still <laughs> six episodes behind. Um <laughs> And I'm not dying to find out what happens in the finale is what I'm saying. Um, What I noticed with that last season is like it's happening so fast that it's losing a little bit of the soul. 
Like, I don't really care anymore whether she's going to win or not or what's happening. Um, it's just like I don't even keep track. I can't keep track of what what is the pathway for her. They're just in random locations campaigning all the time. And it's hard for me to, to keep the connection of the actual narrative flow. Do you feel the same or you feel um, different? Well, that's interesting because what I can say, having the insight of, you know, continuing with the season is, uh, sure, I guess maybe there's like a lot of setup work going on at, at the beginning here. But one, that's a joke that they start making in this last season. And the other thing about this season that that I felt like in something I communicated with, uh, with Kurt music, who's a, a stalwart fan of the show and a stalwart fan of, um, Armando Iannucci mm-hmm. is that this one cuts deep. I mean, the fact that it's the last season, they really, really go there. So maybe it didn't click in the, the first episode of the season, but if you keep, I mean, you already were, were like, you know, laughing, uh, silly at the other clip we almost did, which is from yeah, yeah. a little later in the season. But I, yeah, yeah, just keep going because I mean we have I mean and they are, you know, and the the the, the political like you know the, the they they deal with incredibly sensitive stuff too, but in a way that's more. I don't know. I, I feel like through this show, if that like this stuff they get into with abortion and some other things, you know, throughout this whole show, and they there have been plenty of abortion jokes and awful stuff, but I feel like they could have. You know, if if the show was about capitalizing on tragedy, that'd be a different thing. But I feel like this last season, it was more about kind of just reflecting the way that politicians use this stuff, and you know why change isn't happening. And it's really interesting the way they go with it, and then and then how deep they go with the characters. There's a scene with uh, Selena and um, House. What's his? <laughs> I know. Who you mean. Yeah. Uh, that is, I mean, it's pretty, it's like, wait, how the fuck did we get here? Like what? <laughs> Whoa. So I, I think there's a lot of that going on. So I think that any, any deeper, like it's, it, I, to me, it feels like the deepest, deepest, deepest season. And it's, and it's really interesting. And it almost felt like it wasn't, it's like, no, don't end. You're going so like, look how much was there, but they're kind of just cashing all the chips. And then, you know, for it feeling totally like a Veep episode, even through the long finale, um, yeah, I mean, it's amazing. It's very... I hadn't really thought about the fact that it's really over, but to me, in terms of finales for shows, it ranks up there with one of the, you know, the most satisfying of of them all. Yeah. Hugh Laurie, by the way. Oh, yes, Hugh Laurie. So, so yeah, so keep going, Sven. We're curious to see if if the show is able to turn you around. I will. I actually have to admit, I sort of got sucked into Larry Sanders, which I hadn't seen. Oh, And well. there's like six or seven seasons to enjoy so yeah we'll have to do that next because that might easily be my favorite comedy yeah yeah. his acting is just insane it's like i don't know how he has that how he's so yeah his style is incredible him jeffrey tambor and then i hope you've seen the gary shanling documentary Um, the zen diaries of gary shanling because that's amazing well finish finish the show first and then get into it apatow made it as kind of a tribute to him okay and of course apatow worked on larry sanders and yeah i did see the comedian with cars thing that he did just a few months before he passed away i think so yeah and then you should see apatow's comedians in cars because they talk about that about larry uh 
Gary Shanlings. Anyways, this is Veep. This is Veep Week. Uh, <laughs> let us know what you think. If you enjoyed our comments, if you have, there's so much going on in this stuff. There's no way that we didn't miss amazing aspects of it. And with every character, you could just track each character through all this, and there's like a perfect arc and everyone is serviced incredibly well and then when they're not they're just waiting for their moment it's very generous great great show it's too bad it's over because there is nothing like it but with that much talent in the room i guess at some point it had to they got to go somewhere so and it's cool that they all kept coming back too it's you know that they all that they stuck it out and made it work uh and when you lost someone someone else came in but uh, let us know what we missed, what your thoughts are, any contributions, anything you'd like to see us doing in the future. Please let us know. And where can they make comments, Sven? Thisguyedits.com slash comment. And we want to thank Curta for the music. As a reminder, this is in honor of the Game of Thrones Cup, an edit-free episode, an edit-free episode, an edit-free episode. And as Sven always says, <laughs> happy editing. Put your head between the speakers. There's no sane zone, so put your head between the speakers. Oh, you sound like you were going to add something. No, I just—I was just—I was going to say I—I I don't know if it's edit-free because I'm—I might want to go back in and then when we talk about the specific things, just do a little sound up there, wow. like with a joke from wow. the poster to yeah, the poster joke might benefit from having the sound up there. I'll uh, I'll send it to you. <laughs> cool.